Now, y'all know I love me some good penultimate episode chat, okay? We are in episode five of six of our secret invasion journey, and y'all, we got set up for an epic finale. I'm excited to see what happened, and you know me as usual when we get to that penultimate episode. I got some predictions, what I think is going to happen, how I think it'll affect the rest of the MCU, who I think has been a scroll all along. I got some predictions, okay? So buckle up. Settle in, get you a cocktail or your morning coffee, whichever one you prefer, maybe a little bit of both. I'm not too who am I to judge. And settle in and get ready to listen to this episode, okay? Before you do that, though, drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if you're on Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review. We love those. It's your new episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. right you're listening to reality and comics 2 the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted tv and film i'm kendrick but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek you want some hot takes about the real housewives or love island or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the marvel cinematic universe or hbo's white lotus or euphoria well you're in the right place grab a cocktail sit back and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me Now remember, we ended with that epic battle and Talos being left for dead, like Mama D said. <laughs> you left him for dead? You left him for dead on the battlefield. This episode opens up with the president being wheeled into the hospital. Child, look, there ain't enough people in this hospital for me for it to be the president. Maybe it's because it's a, I don't know if it's a Russian prison or what it is. And people are like, look, okay, I don't know. You know, the president here just have to do what he do. He ain't our president. Uh, 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 what's the, Vlad, Vladimir don't want nothing to do with this shit. I don't know what's going to look. Let me, let me stop. Okay. For the man coming to attack my ass. Uh, he's being wheeled into the hospital on a gurney. And Fury's telling him not to trust Colonel Rhodes. Child, I guess the hospital didn't get the memo about Fury being fired from S.H.I.E.L.D. or S.W.O.R.D. Because they just let him all up in the hospital right next to the president, whispering in his ear, breathing uh, COVID germs on him and shit. But okay, that ain't my hospital, but whatever. They wouldn't let his ass back into them operating rooms, though. So he really like had to set up shop outside of the operating room, and he had his gun in hand. Now, see... Not to bring them into it because, you know, they're my people. But uh, <laughs> if this was Wakanda, if this was Wakanda, they got their good health insurance, okay? You know, they just put one of them Kamoyo beads right inside the president, boop, boop, and you'll, he'll be as good as new, just like they did Agent Colonizer in uh, Black Panther movies. So, I don't know. They got Fury, y'all, you know what? The black folk don't talk enough for me in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. See? If I was Fury, I'd have a Koye on speed dial. I'd have Io on speed dial. I'd have Nakia on speed dial. I'd have Shuri on speed dial. Oh, T'Challa would have been on speed dial, RIP, but, you know, he got to make do what he can. Uh, I would have, look, I would have had the whole door Melage on speed dial. Damn it, I would have had Winston Duke thick ass on speed dial too i'd have everybody on speed dial talking to everybody waiting to see because you know this this show is the first time we've ever even seen nick fury and colonel rhodes like actually interact with each other which is crazy now look 
I don't know if we go get us some, uh, you know, some, some, uh, Captain America, you know, new cap, new cap. I don't know if we go get new cap and Fury interacting some or the what's going to happen, but you know, she would, it's almost been years since we've seen that too, but the black people don't talk enough for me. Anyway, let me stop. <laughs> Back at the ranch, AKA new scrollos where, you know, the scrolls are returning from their, Essentially failed mission. I don't know how to say it because remember the objective was to kill the president and start World War Three. Gravik tells one of them to assemble the officers and they all go, you know, had them a little piece of meat. You know, just not a whole mean, just a little piece, a little taste of a mean, a little just that, you know, a little wet the palate up, just a little meat. Pagan tries to get smart with Gravik, and boy, was that a bad decision. Look, <laughs> Pagan told that man. You knew Priscilla wasn't going to kill her husband, meaning Fury. Okay, see, they actually called her by her slave name, which is Vara. I'm going to call her Priscilla, her chosen name. Okay, you know what? Let me stop. <laughs> her scroll name is her slave name. Okay, I stick by it. Okay, I'm not changing. He said, you didn't kill him today, even though you had the chance. We can't find the Avengers DNA, which we find out that that's what really what all this has been about in this episode. Like, you know, Gravik has basically been trying to become a super scroll on his own, but he wanted to do it with the Avengers DNA, but he couldn't. So they had to like go and collect their own, you know, their own samples with the, uh, all the failed, you know, uh, uh, with Cull Obsidian. They had to get them a little piece of Groot. They had to get them some extremists. They had to, what else they had to get, uh, I can't remember. It was four things they had found, though. Uh, the group, we didn't chat them out on them, okay? But anyway, uh, the, look, Gravik didn't like this, okay? <laughs> Gravik used that stretcher Groot arm, and he took Pagan's ass out. Outington, dead. The man been here five episodes. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Don't. Da -da 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 I don't know where the road. Okay, let me stop. Uh, then he told the rest of them, look, he thought he had a voice and he didn't. Y'all think you got a face, but you don't. Cut the shit and just do what I say. Now, look, Gravik's eyes are now set on Vara, a.k.a. Priscilla. I'm going to call her what her mom is, her name, Priscilla, okay? He wants her dead, just like Pagan's ass. So, look, the people out on the mission, they're not trying to wind up like Pagan, so they go do as they told. Gravik calls Rhodey, and now he wants to keep the president alive. Bitch, make up your mind. Rhodey like, bitch, what? <laughs> Gravik now wants the president to know that it was the Russians that, you know, against his attack, and the scrolls. So not just the Russians anymore. He wants people to know that the scrolls exist and that they are the ones working with the Russians, okay? So he's trying to expose the scrolls and basically sacrifice them if need be. Child, what kind of leader are you? Rhodey showed up to the hospital and immediately gets ambushed by Fury with the blicky to his head, okay? They have their own little standoff with protection details surrounding them. And by protection detail... Ooh, <laughs> by protection detail, I mean that one-ass man whose arm got broken by Fury in episode two, but that's beside the point. But Rhodey drops a bomb on Fury. He's given the video footage of him shooting Maria Hill to all of the news outlets. Now, remember, that was really Maria Hill. That was really Gravik disguised as Fury that shot Maria Hill, so it wasn't really Fury. But he's giving it to the news outlets all over the world. Fury 
can't believe this shit. As Fury is leaving the hospital, you know, he got he hit him with the blicky one time. Bop! As he's leaving, a lot of security comes out of nowhere, and I'm assuming they're all scrolls. That would make the most sense. And, uh, you know, they all ready to let the chopper sing. But Rhodey said, if you come around my president again, that's your ass, boy. He ain't say it like that, but y'all know what I mean. We cut to somebody watching a news report. He looks like a very important person, but like a government VIP, not like a nigga that bought a booth at the club, not that kind of VIP. No, I mean, see, I, listen, y'all know I get one end bomb every episode, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. And the report is showing the footage of Fury shooting Maria, and now he's like a, a wanted man. He on the Interpol list, like all this kind of stuff. Sonya is there, and this man did not want to buzz Sonya in, but Sonya said, look, Y'all know how I be walking into people's establishments, please. Sonya already told y'all, me and closed doors don't get along. I just walks the fuck in, okay? So, if you don't know who this man is, it's actually Sonya's boss. She was only in episode three briefly, remember? That's when Talos and Fury, they, uh, what are they doing? Like, going to, to that man, random, like, official's house. That's when they had the son hostage, too. And he wouldn't get him the, the code. So they had to, like, go and get Gaia to, you know, go down there and get him from the actual, like, man that he emulated. That whole thing. You know, you remember the episode. She was only in the episode briefly. But remember, she had a file on her desk. If you go back and watch that episode. And it had this man's picture on it. So, obviously, we're guessing that's when she determined that he was a scroll. She, child, she starts out this episode, you know, with this scene with the pleasantries, you know, asks if she believes, no, he asks if she believes if there are scrolls all around them. And she's like, oh, I believe they're everywhere. Then she pulls out the blicky from her purse and she points it right at his head. She wants to know where Dr. Rosa Dalton, the woman, uh, you know, who helped create them super scrolls, want that big ass head that Amelia Clark saw doing the things when she was talking to Pagan. Uh, she wants to know where this woman is. She shoots him in the up, you know, but not to kill him, but she shoot him like right in the leg and his legs start turning real scrolly. Okay. She shoots him and all them other uh, SIS agents rush in and they got the blickies pointed at Sonya's head, but then obviously they can see that he's starting to turn too. So they're like, oh wow. Okay. So look, whoever this is, high up official, he'll scroll too. So and these people don't know who to trust no more on this damn show. We see Beto, that young black scroll that we met in episode one, basically confronting Gravik about killing Pagan. Gravik don't care about nothing, none of that weak shit they talking about, okay? Just as they're confronting him, though, Rhodey calls Gravik and tells him that the president made it out of surgery successfully, so per perfect. Child, once again, he threatens Rhodey, and Rhodey rolls his eyes so goddamn hard. I know Rhodey tired of this shit. He's like, man, I ain't signing up for this shit. I, I'm doing my damn job. You got to threaten me with uh physicality every single damn time. This is unnecessary. They all sick of graphics ass, okay? But just as he's getting that threat off his chest to Rhodey, they all jump his ass. You know I love a good jumping, okay? They jump the fuck out of graphic, child. Somebody put a plastic bag over his head. Somebody hit him in the back with a pipe. All kinds of shit. But I love this scene. It was action-packed, okay? They must didn't know, okay? They must didn't know that Gravik was a super scroll because he turned into a, his scroll self, which, nice little detail. I love that because it happened when they still had that plastic bag over his head, like trying to uh, suffocate him. And I don't know if that was like a... Uh, like a not a I don't know how to say like an unnatural reflex or like you know what happened but he turned back into his scroll self and he proceeded to whoop some 
ass in that scene, okay? The can was open. He said, who wants some? You know, I love that kind of shit. Like, he watching, uh, hey, you like WWE wrestling or something. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I was about to say WWF, but it ain't WWF no more. It's WWE. And that might be AEW. And Chad, I don't know what it is no more, but, you know, John Cena and them, okay? <laughs> then, to put the cherry on top of the Sunday, he takes Beto by the throat, makes everybody watch, and he slits it, okay? Y'all, the MCU done gone PG-13. I know that's right. It ain't it ain't already yet because we didn't see no damn blood, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, we applaud people for what they do. Y'all done went PG-13. Y'all on Disney. That is a good step. I'm loving y'all. I'm happy with what we saw. Fury is walking to what appears to be a safe house, and he's meeting Gaia. Now, what I really love about this show is that we're getting so much, like, made up and actual black history embedded in this show. Like, Fury basically talking about Jim Crow, but using his mama and train rides as an example. I loved all of that. This time, there was a mural of, like, a wall of black people, and Fury tells Gaia that during World War II, Nazis destroyed the area, so then, like, Brixton became, like, some kind of haven for like West Indies immigrants. Love that, okay? Then he says the quote, listen, I you know I you know how I feel about dialogue on this show, everything. He says the path to struggle is steep, which I'm gonna get tattooed on me because bars, <laughs> hashtag bars, bars is back as Remy Ma says. But then he started to talk about Talos. Gaia is clearly upset about Talos, Talos dying on a foreign planet with nobody around. But the conversation, I guess she wasn't too damn upset because the conversation moves really quickly to what needed to be talked about, which, you know, we've kind of figured out what the hell this episode is about. Fury basically said, I heard you came back from the dead, meaning he heard that she messed around with that DNA like Gravik did and got in that super scrub machine. Gaia says she had no choice and Fury asked what DNA samples were Gravik and his team able to collect. She said only a few, and she mentions Cole Obsidian and Flora Colossus, which if y'all don't know what that one means, that's that's Groot. I am Groot. Y'all know Groot. That's what, uh, you know, his planet, Planet X, like they confirm. Hey, y'all. Uh, they confirm, you know, that's Flora Colossus. So that's what she's talking about. She doesn't even bother asking what that is, which is crazy because Fury mentions uh, something called the harvest. And that's the most important thing in this episode. The harvest, the harvest, the harvest. And she didn't even ask what it is. So, okay, girl. She just wants to know, like she says, I need to bury my father. And he said, well, take him to Priscilla. She'll know what to do. And then apparently Fury heads off to Finland. Now, what's in Finland? Child, we'll, we'll find out. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Are you tired of sacrificing comfort for style when it comes to your activewear? Well, look, I've got the perfect solution that's going to revolutionize your wardrobe. Let me introduce you to Bird Dogs, the ultimate shorts for the modern adventurer. Picture this. You're out on a hike, hitting the gym, or simply lounging around the house. With Bird Dogs, you'll never have to compromise on comfort or functionality again. These shorts are designed to adapt to your active lifestyle while keeping you looking sharp. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg and giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. 
They fit way better than regular shorts that are made out of stiff, restricting cotton, and Bird Dogs fixed the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, but that's not it. Bird Dogs has an integrated built-in liner, offering unparalleled support and eliminating the need for underwear. Say goodbye to uncomfortable chafing and hello to freedom. Need a place to stash your phone, wallet, or keys? Bird Dogs has you covered there too. With deep, secure pockets, you can keep your essentials close without worrying about them falling out during your adventures. And did I mention they're incredibly stylish? Bird Dogs comes in a range of vibrant colors and patterns so you can express your personality while staying on top of your game. Whether you're hitting the trails, hitting the weights, or just hitting the couch, Bird Dogs will be your favorite new shorts. So why wait? Upgrade your activewear game today. Now look, you guys know I just came back from a little vacation in California. I was all in Santa Monica on the pier, having a few cockies with some friends. But guys, I would have been nothing without my bird dog's tumbler, okay? I filled it with ice water before I left the hotel. Every time I took a hit of those cockies out in that hot sun, I took me a sip of that cold water. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with this tumbler. It kept everything cold. It's the perfect size for travel. Keep in mind, I went from Tennessee all the way out to California, and there was no annoying spillage everywhere. God, that's the worst part of some of these tumblers nowadays. Go to birddogs.com slash comics and enter promo code comics for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash comics or promo code comics for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Looking to budget your food expenses this summer? Get more bang for your bite with America's best value meal kit. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping with absolutely no hidden fees. So you can count on a great value week after week. Listen, I got my every plate kit in the mail and I couldn't wait to try making something. It was so quick and so easy for the incredibly low amount that I spent. I was expecting there to be a catch, but there wasn't. I invited my cousin over to watch the Real Housewives of New York reboot with me, and I made us the honey ginger pork chops with sesame roasted carrots and scallion rice. You guys, three words, finger licking good. Not only did we have plenty of leftovers, but it only took me like a little more than a half an hour to make the entire dish. You can count on every plate to make mealtimes easier without compromising on quality. Every plate recipes include only the highest quality ingredients, including sustainable source seafood that meets the Monterey Bay Aquarium seafood rankings, so you know that your meal is going to be fresh and flavorful. Customize every plate meals to your liking with options to swap proteins and sides or add a protein to veggie plates each week. You do you, boo boo, okay? Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code COMICS49. That's up to $110 value. Again, get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code COMICS49. Child, Sonya's ass is all up in these people's, these scientists' laboratory. 
fucking they shit up. Looking through their microscopes and shit, mixing up shit in their bleakers, beakers. It's all kind of stuff going on. They had something for Sonya's ass, though, because they walked in with a big old shotgun, a.k.a. a super blicky. They asked who she was, and she said, you know what? I got a better question for you. Who do you want me to be, a friend or a foe? I know that's right, Sonya. Now, I told y'all before, Sonya, of all people, ain't playing with the girls. Sonya be ready to kill they ass scroll by scroll, and you know what? I ain't mad at you, Sonya. No questions asked. Stand your ground, state. Let me stop. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, okay. Uh, But she is ruthless. She gives them an ultimatum, and what they didn't know is that she had reinforcements right behind them. She sits them down and asks about the research. The guy tries to chime in, but she's like, no, 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 not you. I'm talking to her. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to her. After some bullshit answers, Sonya pulls out the blueprint, the, the, the blueprint for that super scroll machine and asks about those. Now, I don't know what she told that lady, but apparently not enough because once they got outside and she burned that uh, laboratory down to the ground, that man tried to hold a gun to Dr. Dalton's head. Said, I guess, you know, she not go, uh, she, she not the ops. I'm not going to let her be the ops, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, Olivia Coleman tickled the shit out of me because she said, you're just like the males in our species. If they're not uh, trying to gaslight you, they're threatening you with murder. Listen, listen, Martell Holt, Ralph Pittman, Ike Turner, Ted Turner. Okay, I don't know why I, don't know why I put Ted Turner in it, honestly. <laughs> That ain't got nothing to do with this, but it flowed, okay? Then she said, that's what all these podcasts are about. And he is, because lately, okay, let me tell y'all. Okay, 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 okay. Lately, I've been listening to, have y'all heard of Scamanda? I just finished Scamanda. That's when the girl was faking cancer this whole time, getting the, all these donations. She said she relapsed, came back, relapsed, came back, relapsed, came back, relapsed, came back. Like four or five times, getting all these people to donate and give her money. She was sitting courtside at basketball games and all kind of ignorant. She, like she was, she was doing the absolute most, but they got her ass. I think she's doing a five-year bid somewhere. So, sis. We'll see you when we see you, okay? But you know, also like you don't love me some true crime podcasts, the crime junkies, uh, uh anatomy of murder, you know that kind of stuff. Something was wrong, you know all the all that kind of stuff. I love all of that scams and murders, scams and murders. Sonya pulled out the blicky, you know she loved that blicky, baby. Sonya pulled out the blicky and bang, he gone. So go ahead, Sonya. Sonya ain't want to be played with, like I keep telling y'all. The next scene, though, is emotional and action-packed, which I love. Oh, I do. I love that action. Both of them. Both of them. Gaia now has Talos's body and is obviously emotional. She's outside of Fury and Priscilla's home, and she has to, like, barge her way in with her super scroll strength because Priscilla doesn't come to the door. And, you know, of course, walking through the house, guess what she does? She pulls out the blicky, duh, and runs through there until she eventually runs into Priscilla, who, guess what she had in her hand? The blicky, yes, duh, okay. Child, Priscilla thought that's who Gravik sent to kill her, and she was ready to fuck Gaia up. But that lady just trying to bury her daddy like me in 2016. Ooh, that was a dark joke. Okay, y'all. <laughs> If you don't like dark humor, I'm not the place for you, okay? Let me stop. R.I.P. my daddy. We'll get back to this scene in a second. 
But we cut to Roll doing exactly what Gravik threatened him to do, which is tell the president that Russia is working with the Scrolls and that they're responsible for the attack. And Rhodey said all of this information was corroborated by Sonia at SIS. Child, Sonia didn't know that man was a damn scroll, a, a woman scroll at that time. <laughs> I still can't get over there. You remember that last episode? That woman, that female scroll was dancing in that shower, baby. She was having the time of her life. She, I'm out of town, thugging with my round. She was having a good time in that damn shower. Didn't turn out his road ass, child. <laughs> I know that's right. Uh, charges to a head, not a heart, okay? Rhodey even shows the president the scroll compound, a.k.a. New Skrullos, and which, of course, is radioactive Russia, but he says, basically, let's bomb this shit. London on our side. The president just uh, sitting there looking dumb and strange and worried. He's about to start too much shit. It, it's all a mess. But we cut over to Fury in a car, and he gets a call from Gravik, and basically, Gravik wants to make a deal. Bring me the harvest and we can avoid all this bullshit. Fury and Panda Man, no damn attention. He gets on that plane because he pulls up in the, uh, what's it called? The hangar. <laughs> and child, it's our boy from Black Widow who helped Natasha get all her supplies and who gave her the Quinjet at the end of the movie. You know, that they popped up in an Infinity War. Y'all know my peeps, okay? It's Mason. See, I, lo I love a callback. Now, y'all always acted like, oh, it's not connected no more. Who doing what? When we gonna see these people again? Now, see that? Now, now Mason then popped up and y'all better not say shit, okay? See? Now we got to add Black Widow to the rewatch list, okay? I love that movie. I, I, I'm not as hard on Black Widow as a lot of people try to pretend to be. It's action-packed. Now, look, the third act, y'all know the end of the movie. Now, it's a little much, okay? Jump, they jumped all the way from the sky, and it, it, look, it's a lot going on, okay? But we'll talk about that another time. But when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense that this is who Fury called, Okay. I'll explain more about that at the end of the episode because, of course, I'm going to do my, you know, predictions for the finale like I always do in these uh, when I talk about one of the Disney Plus shows. Uh, of course, Mason is the one that, you know, Fury is calling when he's on no-fly list, which is, I, I love that for us, honestly, because now Fury got to really tiptoe, but it's good to see that Fury hasn't lost all his connections or anything like that. People don't honestly believe the stuff that is being said about him. So, love that. Back to Gaia and Priscilla. This scene shows us that Gaia uh, is kind of sad because she doesn't know much about her scroll history. Maybe she's been trying to erase it or maybe they just ain't doing a good job of, you know, teaching black history in school. You know what? Well, let me stop. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but she doesn't know the scroll prayer when it's time to bury a loved one. They go inside after this whole, you know, funeral and they burn Talos and she puts the ring on there, you know, an offer and all that kind of stuff. They go inside and they chat really about like why Priscilla loves that house and why Fury wanted a house with privacy, security and lighting and all this kind of stuff. Right up until Gaia tries to get too damn deep off in their business. But let me tell you something, Priscilla gave her ass a little taste. Don't worry about it. She gave her a taste. Gaia tried to ask if he loved her and her squirrel skin. And y'all know from last episode and the episode before that, that's a sore spot, okay? That's a sore spot. Don't be asking me if my husband loved me. <laughs> Don't ask me that, bitch. That's, that's, uh, that's off limits, okay? Child, just as they start talking again, bun, 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 gunfire all came across the window. It's Gravik's men pulling up to kill Priscilla like we saw earlier in the episode. 
Child, Priscilla been waiting her whole life for a moment like this, just like Kelly Clarkson. She had bags packed, guns put up, grenades, uh, <clears throat> smoke screens, all kind of shit. For her and Gaia, I know that's right. It's like the second big action scene in this episode, and I love it. We cut to a customs line, and we see a white man walking up to show his passport and get cleared. But we also see at the custom, the custom agent like station that there's a picture of Nick Fury up. Clearly, they're all on the lookout for his ass, but that's not this nice old-ass white man's problem, okay? Or is it? It is, okay? Chatter man walk outside and pulls his whole face off in this Nick Fury's black ass. <laughs> now, remember, this isn't the first time we've seen this technology used in the MCU. We've seen it many times before, actually, mostly with Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. Remember... When she needed to sneak into S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end of the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier movie, a.k.a. my favorite MCU movie still, uh, and was disguised as an older woman, then she pulled that mask off slowly, that technology... Apparently, I didn't know either. It's called the Widow's Veil. Maybe I missed that in the past, but I kind of love that kind of a little, a little piece of homage to Natasha. Shout out to Natasha Romanoff. And she wrecked havoc. And according to Fury, there's actually a newer version because, you know, him and Sonya, they got banter in the car. He gets in the car with her. And he said there's a newer uh, form that disguises his whole body. So I don't know if he got that. I don't know if that was like a, you know, a clear sign of what happened in the, the final episode. I don't know. Or if we'll see it in the future. I don't know. Child, they get ready to pull off and Sonya coming with some rap music. Fury said, I know you fucking lying. Sonya said, no, nah, this, <laughs> this how we get down over here, baby. Get in or get out, okay? Priscilla drops Gaia off somewhere, and that's that. We It was the quickest scene in MCU history. I don't know where she took that lady, where she going, if she about to flee the country. I don't know what's going on, but child, she, she there, okay? Right back over to Fury and Sonya. They're discussing Rhodey and how Sonya, who is now the head of SIS ever since she killed that damn man, uh, gave, that, <laughs> gave all that man the information that he requested. Fury is like, damn, and then he tells her that Rhodey is a scroll, and Sonya can't believe that shit. Now, Sonya, you supposed to be 10 steps ahead of Fury, and now he ahead of your ass. What kind of shit is this? Most of this conversation is reiterating the plan about uh, starting World War III, but the most important part of it, Fury finally explains what the harvest is. He said all of the Avengers spill blood during, quote-unquote, the battle for Earth, or the battle of Earth, whatever it's called, and if you don't know, because, you know, we've had a lot of battles on Earth, he's referring to the uh, when Thanos and the Black Order came and attacked and all this kind of stuff. But see, we didn't know, because, you know, we didn't know that. You know, we, we learn a lot in these, like, kind of post-blip shows about what the world thinks and what the world knows and what they refer to stuff as, you know, all this kind of stuff. And a lot of it is from Scott Lang's old gossiping ass, but that's another Ant-Man, that's another story, okay? Child, after this, Fury went, uh, like sent people back to collect DNA, specifically the superhero DNA, that was left on the ground. No one knew about this except for Fury and the collectors who, of course, was led by none other than Gravik, all the people that was collecting the DNA. Fury said this is the reason that he came back to Earth, child, because he knew he had created a monster. He knew these people was going to try some shit and making their own superhero versions. And, of course, that's exactly what they've done. 
They pull up to a cemetery, graveyard, whatever. And once again, Fury has a tombstone at a random ass gravesite. Child, before we see what's hidden in the grave, remember, we saw Fury like essentially fake his death and win a soldier. And there was a headstone in Washington, Washington D.C. Uh, somewhere for him, too. So apparently he got them all overlooked. Sonya asked why he wouldn't call any of his special friends, meaning all the superheroes. I think she probably asked him really about Carol Danvers. You know, that's, they two peas in a pod. That's his girl. She want to know why these people ain't helping and why they got to do this shit themselves. He says, because this is personal. We can't keep depending on them to swoop in and save us. And no one can save the world like I can. I know that's right. This scene too, once again, is dialogue, baby. Because when he's talking about what his mama, uh, basically his mama gave him everything he know. And then the the woman that put the ring on his finger, Priscilla taught him everything else. I'm like, I know, listen, I know that's right. Okay. This is when he also confirms that he has gravestones all over the world. So ain't no telling what all this man got hidden everywhere. Each probably had some hidden in it too. That I, I, like, I literally wouldn't be surprised if it did. Like this one has, uh, you know, of course we, well, let me get to that. This is where he reveals that, Priscilla is a squirrel too. And obviously Sonya didn't know that. So look, she, she learned a whole lot about who are all scrolls nowadays. He bends over to the grave and blows into the top of the tombstone, like <laughs> blows into it. And it like activates it and opens it up and it reveals a vial of the harvest. Now look, I didn't heard, <laughs> I didn't heard about a lot of things, but breath activated. I ain't one of them. Now, what if I come up there? I got halitosis or a, a gingivitis one day, and I'm up there blowing in a damn tone. So is it still go open? Is it go recognize that you got the yuck mouth that day? Or you know what? Let me <laughs> let me stop. Fury living in uh, 3023. Y'all better catch the fuck up. Fury confirms to Sonya that he's gonna give the harvest to Gravik, but I, I think we all know he might. He's probably lying about that. He's not just gonna give it to him because you know we gotta make some predictions about the last episode. We're gonna do that in a second. Um, I love this ending though, because Fury walks over. It's so fucking ridiculous though, but he walks over to like, you know how the cemeteries have like those rooms that have like the bodies on the wall. It's normally just like a, you know, a plaque or something like that. And you can pull it out and there's something in there, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, he walks over to one of those and there's caskets or what we think is caskets in the wall. He starts opening all of these things one by one child. It's his, like, you know, you know how Fury has, like, his, the costume that we know him from. Popping up in Iron Man, popping up in Captain America, popping up in Thor. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He, <laughs> that man put on his costume. He had, one of them had, uh, you know, he's doing eye scans one by one. One of them had his signature coat. One of them had his signature eye patch. Because, you know, he ain't been rocking that eye patch really too much. He been wearing them glasses. And, he, you know, he back on Earth, baby. He said he outside, okay? He had the eye patch in one of them. And, of course, he had the blicky in another one. Now Fury knows he... <laughs> he know what he got to do, okay? He know he wrong as hell for taking up all them damn graves like that, too. But somebody but Bush could have been all up in there. But that's, that's a whole other story, child. Now let's do a couple predictions. I got a couple predictions for the finale. This is where I would love to interact with y'all on Spotify specifically. I would love for y'all to uh, put out there in the episode what y'all think. You know, if you go on Spotify, you can answer like the question and answer portion. I want to know specifically specifically i want to know what y'all think is going to happen in the finale now i got a couple uh predictions here they are 
Number one, obviously, I think we're going to find out where the real, well, we know where the real Colonel Rhodes is, but I think we're going to find out, hopefully, when Rhodey became a scroll or when he was swapped out with the scroll. Now, that might be a better prediction. When do we think he was swapped out with the scroll? Obviously, some people are saying, well, after Endgame, that would make the most sense. Now, it would be a gag if it was way before that. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see. I don't know if it happened sometime. I'm going to say sometime after Civil War. That's what I'll say. So I don't know when. I don't know. That's going to be hard to predict, but I'm I'm ready to see. Uh, I think that something is going to be wrong with the harvest that he gives Gravik. Because I don't think, it's hard for me to believe that that's actually the real thing he's going to get this man. I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that. But maybe this is something like this particular grave site in Finland. Maybe this is the one where he, you know, if something ever happened, he needed like some kind of uh <laughs> to cause some kind of pandemic, and maybe this can do it. Maybe he go set that shit off in New Scrollos and kill all the asses. I don't know. Um, I think that we're gonna get an appearance from a superhero because I don't know who was on that phone at the end of the episode. He was on the phone. He said it's time or something like that. That's okay. That's gonna be my my other prediction though, because y'all, I I find it hard to believe that Maria Hill is really dead. That's the whole thing. And I think that's how Fury gets himself out of this, too. Because it'll be hard for people to just believe, oh, well, somebody shapeshifted in me, and that's why I shot her all like that. The real way to get out of this is if Maria Hill is still alive. So I do think, I think Talos is really dead, but I think Maria Hill, Maria Hill is still alive. Because we didn't do nothing. We, we know we had the funeral. They did send her body back, though. I don't know. It's hard. I did, you know, maybe they just sent another body. I don't know, but. We'll see, child. I think Maria Hill is alive. But I said all that to say, I think that's Monica Rambeau. I think that's going to be my prediction. Monica Rambeau. I think one of the Marvels is going to pop up. Carol Danvers, I don't know. It seems like, may, I don't know, maybe Carol Danvers shows up to make an apology. Because, you know, obviously all this is because Fury and Carol didn't uh, find them a home and all that kind of stuff. Even though that ain't why Gravik doing it no more. Gravik just wants some damn power because he ready to kill every damn body in there. So it can't be about that no more. But I, my guess was that I didn't know if he was going to go up to like S.W.O.R.D. at some point and see Monica Rambeau working up there. That was my prediction. It was going to like be a, you know, kind of a, a end credit scene setting up the Marvels. Like, you know, uh, oh, Fury, uh, I, look, I've been testing this, something like that. And then suddenly Monica vanishes and she swaps place with uh, with Kamala Khan. That's my guess. I don't know. But Carol Danvers is not a bad option either because maybe she wants to like make amends and apologize. And, or maybe she's coming to tell them she actually found them a home now. I don't know. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see. Um, Let me see. The last thing, which I think is the most explosive, honestly, to me, I think we're going to find out that Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, is a scroll. That's my prediction, baby. I think that Natasha has been a scroll this entire time, and I think this episode has finally confirmed it for me. Because the fact that, uh, OT, uh, you know, often I don't know the guy's real name, but Mason, the guy that plays Mason popped up. He, uh, you know, was working with Fury this whole time. But it would make a lot of sense that all of these, like, quote-unquote spies around the world that have gathered all this information. Well, Natasha was one of his closest ones. She had to have been a scroll, too. So that makes a lot of sense. So I don't know. What do y'all think? Do y'all think Natasha's a scroll? Is she not a scroll? Am I just reaching, grasping that straw, lying to y'all ass? I don't know. Y'all let me know. Y'all 
y'all tell me on Spotify. Y'all give me a five-star rating and review, and y'all let me know. However you want to do a slide in the DMs, look at me up on threads. Tell me on threads, baby. I don't know. However you want to reach me, okay? Y'all, I've been Kendrick, and I'll see ya. Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast at realitycomics2. That's T-O-O. Reality and Comics 2 is a Cloud 10 and iHeartMedia podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.